What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. in partnership with SB Nation. I am Meg Murray, and I'm joined as always with Paul Stewart. How's it going over there, Paul? Not not too bad. It, it's absolutely glorious here in Scotland. The sun is shining. It's it's getting nice and warm now, so I am literally walking about in Scotland with my top off, essentially, nowadays. <laughs> it's that time of the year, then. That sounds good. Yeah. Only a five days of sunshine a year. That's it. We make most of it. <laughs> Sounds like Seattle to me. You know what? I've been to Seattle and it really does remind me of Glasgow so, so much. And I was like, nah, this, it, it, it kind of freaked me out a little bit how similar in terms of the weather climate and all that type of stuff. I was just like, nah, this is just too, too similar from home. But the food was much better, though. I will give it that. <laughs> Well, that's good to know. So all, all of you guys that are wanting to travel to Scotland, if you want to get the same vibe, it sounds like you can go to Seattle as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to take a departure from uh, Seattle and uh, talk about these Dallas Cowboys. Um, so they <sighs> move. That, <laughs> they've made a couple moves that I'm just, you know, again, scratching my head about, but I guess the most recent one um, being adding special teams assistant coordinator Raina Stewart from the Packers. I am not related to him if anyone asks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So I read up the, the, the article from our good friend Dave Hellman. He's there to replace Matt, Daniel, Matt Daniels, who now joins Kevin O'Connell's coaching staff at Minnesota. So um, Raina now joins uh, John Faso as his replacement. So, um, I mean, he's had experience with Green Bay, spent time with the Tennessee Titans, and he's um, along a couple of starts with Northwestern and Vanderbilt in college football. So he's got experience. So we'll see uh, how that transpires. But again, it's assistant. It's no like a high level acquisition. So um, he's there to assist John Faso without the for the main models and stuff like that, so within the special teams. Yeah, I think my problem with this hire is just, have we all forgotten how bad the Packers special teams were last year? Because I haven't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, even Matt Crosby, uh, one of the renowned best players for special teams for Green Bay didn't really have the best of seasons last year. So um, whether that's down to the actual coaching, whether it's down to other factors, we don't know. We have nothing to really say on the Packers 
special teams, but how we saw on the big screen or on television, or even if we saw them live, they, they weren't that great. They didn't really make much of an impact and help their defense or help their offense in scenarios. So, um, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what Reyna does um, to come in and help assist John Fassel. Yeah, um, they had two blocked punts in their playoff loss. We uh, just, you know, made a choice to invest in our punter. Um, so I don't know. I if you think about it, the way think about the way that Cowboys fans react to a lot of, you know, our coaches and um, personally, like. I'm ready to get rid of Philbin. If you if someone picked him up, I'd be like, "What are you thinking?" Um, yeah, we could. So I, I could talk a whole episode about <laughs> our offensive lineman coaching right now. Um, I'm not the only person that uh, dislikes uh, Philbin. Um, well, dislikes are a bad word to use. I, I just I think he's just too soft of an offensive lineman coach. Does he doesn't really bring attitude and that I'm trying to think of the right word here that it factor to bring the best out of the old line it just you know what I mean so if there was any coaching changes I would have done I would have got a different uh, offensive lineman coach and for sure and that was one of our biggest problems this year so it could be might necessarily be the players essentially it might be down to how they were coached and how the scheme was so it could be so many factors but we'll need to see how this transpires going into the new season what we're going to do in the draft are we're going to bring an old line well we're going to have to but but the fact is it's like are we going to improve from last year that's the big question yeah and you know just i you have to like at least put a little bit of that on like the unit coach. So I just, I, I just don't love the hire. I don't see like what in his three years that pack, the Packers gives you the, like resume boost to like hire this man, but we'll see. Um, John Fassel is a smart guy. Um, well, we don't even know who our kicker is at this point. And it's, yeah. it's been something that we've struggled with too. So to bring in someone who also struggles, you know, <laughs> Yeah, well, here's the thing, though, mate. The best thing I am hoping for is actually having a proper competition with kickers. Get several kick, get get several kickers in for training camp. Get them competing every single day and just make the decision who's been the most reliable, most accurate, and just work from there. Like so. I'm all for that. There's there's some good uh, there's some good uh, kickers like likely to be undrafted. There's going to be some kickers still on free agency right now. We've actually got um, a kicker in the develop uh, de- uh, development side within the Cowboys. He's just more of a squad player, um, but he may be. Who knows? He might get that opportunity. We don't know, but as long as we got competition, that's what I want. Like that's all that matters to me. Just fight for that place. Be that number one kicker for the team. Well, yeah, we'll see. If, it's always like 
has is fossil tied with any kickers in this league because he does love his guys so we'll see if <laughs> uh yeah if yeah i think i think our biggest worry was with the whole punter situation we were hearing that oh yeah johnny hecker got released is he going to dallas i'm like oh no 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 get johnny hecker away from dallas <laughs> i do not want him anywhere near dallas <laughs> so um yeah, so I am glad that we got a anger back, yeah. even though it's a pretty for a punter, it's quite a hefty contract, but he did he was he was solid. I, you cannot deny him getting paid a fair sum. Um but for a punter, it's he's actually getting more money than some of the linebackers that are currently on the team right now, which is quite quite scary to believe. So <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's interesting to like anger is definitely worth that amount of money. But when you sit back and mm-hmm. consider the fact that we are having cap issues and we're releasing these like really good exactly. players because of the cap, because of money, um, while he is worth it, that just, it just makes you question, you know, kind of where their heads are at with all of that. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know, like, to be honest, I think the whole free agency just in general, not even just talking about special teams and parts, but just in general, how things have kind of transpired, like, from the whole Mary Cooper situation to now, to Raddy Red, like, like, we can, we've talked about it in previous episodes, all the other guys from uh, RJ's show, the old show, the the first and ten show and stuff, that they've all covered it, so... We don't need any any more further details, but it's it's just it's been it's been an absolute whirlwind of a couple of weeks for being a Cowboys fan. It's not it's it's not optimistic, put it that way. Yeah, no, I mean, if you listen to Friday's episode of Girls Talking Boys, I gave them an F minus. However, I did I had to clarify that it was probably more like a D minus. But my emotions brought it down to an F. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm kind of on that same ballpark. I'm probably on like on a D minus or a D. Like the acquisitions that we have brought in, the new players like James Washington and yeah. a oh God, I can't even remember his name, the Jacksonville guy, linebacker defensive end. Is it? Yeah, Dante Fowler. Yeah, so. Those are safety blanket signings. Like they're not gonna stand out in the stream. It's gonna change our team overnight. No, it's not. But they're gonna they're brought in on the cheap. They do have a role to play. It just really depends if it's gonna be that low risk, high reward type of output we're gonna get from these players. So that will remain to be seen. So that's why I'm kind of grading what we've done so far, bringing players in at a dia right now. But if we brought in more players, it would have kind of brought in more of an input going up to maybe a D plus. But we've not like I'm just more worried the fact that we've not actually brought like O line yet. That's my biggest worry. But there's some really good players in that free agency right now. We've not even even attempted to even talk to yet. Yeah, um, and you know, there's a saying in the US that is uh, D's get degrees. Uh, so we'll see if your D minus or plus for them get them a ring. I'm not optimistic, but hey, it could happen. 
it, uh, might, it might all change over the it might all change over the draft. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> yeah, that's usually where we uh, thrive a little more, at least. Um, so we'll, <laughs> we'll see about that. Um, speaking of which, McCarthy and Dan Quinn went to the Penn State Pro Day, much to uh, the chagrin of, or the happiness, I should say, of uh, Micah Parsons. Did you yep. see yep. tweet about that? <laughs> I did. Don't don't forget our our a our hero as well, Sean Lee. Don't forget about him. He's a Penn State boy as well. Oh yeah, yeah. they love our Penn State linebackers. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> so I mean, a couple names to look out for from that. Um, they did check out Arnold Ebiketti, um, who's an edge rusher. Jesse Lucetta, which yep. is also an edge rusher, and Jaquan Brisker, who's a um, kind of a hybrid type defensive back. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. For um, for Jaquan Brisker, they've got him down as a safety. So, but like you said, he can be that hybrid role, like what? Um, God, not Jalen Pierce. Who was the other guy? We had Tiano Neal. He, he would have been that more that that type of role, like it's the safety linebacker type of hybrid. So that could be a, an option. But um, the way how his stock is going right now, he's likely to get picked up in the second round in the draft. How things are kind of trending right now. Um, the other two names that you mentioned, Arnold Ebikeke, uh, Ebikeke. T, sorry, I do pronounce his name. I do apologize. Yeah. <laughs> Arnold, if you're listening, I do apologize. Uh, and Jesse Luketa. So um, just looking at him, Jesse Luketa is actually from Canada and Arnold is actually from Cameroon. So both of them coming from different nations, coming to Penn State to learn their craft. And looking at their uh, career stats, um. For Jesse, 2019, only saw maybe just over 200 snaps. Um, 2020, obviously an increase, but obviously they need to take into account how many games were cancelled because of the COVID, stuff like that. But last year, um, almost 600 defensive snaps with 232 pass rush um, attempts and 281 run defence snaps. Um, with one sack, three hits, and eight hurries. And the interesting thing I thought was he's definitely more the outside tackle, and this is Lucetta we're looking at here. So he is definitely, he would be used as an edge rusher, but he does have the ability to run off the ball. So, for example, if they're running, like if the quarterback is does a, a fake handoff and he moves off to the weak side of the ball, Luketa is going to be there. He's going to be there waiting for him. He's pretty much uh, being that safety blanket at the edge in case if it's a play action, for example. So that's always kind of a good thing to kind of have as well. And it kind of takes the pressure off Parsons kind of doing too much. And he can actually focus on maybe like the more coverage side of things as well. Um, whereas Arnold... Um, He's definitely he's got more he's got more experience um, playing under Penn State as an edge rusher. Um, he's 
definitely brought them more statistics. Like, and me, I don't really like to go against stats. I like to go based on the actual attributes of the player in terms of technique, speed, all of the above. And it's, well, to be fair, that's something I get criticised, but we're talking to that maybe later on. But um, but looking at, uh, he's got 741 defensive snaps in 12 games. 374 of those were pass rush. 343 were run defence. He had eight sacks, 12 hits, 32 hurries. And he's had a couple of chances being on the B-gap of the ball, uh, being 22 times being the over tackle, but the uh, the but he's always been like the outside tackle um, in terms of his alignment. So he's definitely been set as like a, a pass rush in terms of his alignment, and he always seems to do, seems to go his best abilities going from the outside and going back in. So um, interesting to see. So it's definitely a guy looking up to, and plus part like we talked about, Mister Michael Parsons. He knows the guy. He's played with him, obviously, back in college, back in 2020 and uh, 2019. Well, not 2020. Obviously, he took yeah. the year out, obviously. So I do apologize. But back in 2019, he obviously worked with him. So um, but we're all three of these guys. So it's it wouldn't come to any surprise if one of these guys might get picked up from Dallas. It makes sense. So very interesting to see what Mike McCarthy and Dan Quinn are uh, look, looking at these guys. I've not seen enough film on them yet, but that will be my next thing to do on it. So I'm still kind of looking at all the other defensive events in the draft right now, that, which we're likely to kind of look at. So that's what I'm kind of doing that just now. Yeah. Um, Abby Cuddy is uh, being mocked at like a pick 37 um so yeah early second round yeah what does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape this is scott galloway host of the prop g podcast and an entrepreneur myself right now we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship we're answering your questions on work-life balance how to raise capital for your business and more because when you're an entrepreneur it's always important to look ahead at what's to come so tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, it's it's things like that, though, where, um, you know, if you can make something like that work um, draft pick wise and make it make sense. These guys are they obviously have a familiarity with Micah, um, but like. Luketa um, stated that he does model his game after Micah. So that's just kind of like to, I, I think that, that you could stick anybody on the defense with Micah and he will uh, make them comfortable, like work with them well, but just to have like guys that obviously, you know, look up to him and have a familiarity with him. Um, that's just, I mean, that mm-hmm. can, pay you back in spades and like you're seeing Dan Quinn sitting down like on the ground on the sidelines like shooting the shit with these guys and like he's really you know he's getting really involved on picking these um, men in this on the defense in this process 
that's just proper coaching. Like Dan Quinn is a proper coach. He's there to help educate players and do exactly what he's expected of what he wants them to do on the field. And and credit, and this is why we love Dan Quinn. Like, so but like, just kind of going back to what he's saying about like Luketa, I'm just looking at his projections right now. He's likely to be more of a six or seventh round option, the way how he's projected. He has dipped down. It doesn't seem like from he was earlier back on the fi- the 13th of February, just at the a couple just over a month ago. He was projected to be more of a fifth rounder, but since the combine and by loss of its pro day, it didn't sound as though it was that promising. He's kind of his form has kind of dipped down a bit. So um, the earliest projection he's kind of been given is 186. So, um, so that's God, I can't even do math right now. So that would be like. <laughs> Late fifth, late fifth round, early sixth round, something like that. I can't. I, I, I'm not too sure, but, but, but the way how his, um, his trends are going, he, he is kind of slightly declining uh, further down the chart. Whereas, um, Arnold, he is right up there in the early second round. That so, and he's been consistent. He did have an, a wee dip um, during the combine, by the looks of it. But since his pro day, he's went right back up again. So he, he must have really had a really impressive display um, when uh, performing in front of like some Mike McCarthy, etc. So um, his projection is like you kind of said, 37, according to a what a, like so the PFF site that they've got him doing at number 36. To between 36 and number 43. So that's only seven picks difference. So that's still quite as early second round. That's his best projection. So, um, and whoever will get a chance of that, it's unlikely if that's where he's getting projected. But um, who knows? He might fall down the ladder. He might fall down to our laps. We don't know. We might have to move up. We don't know. Again, we don't know. But it's uh, yeah, he's looking to be a early second rounder. Is Arnold Epichetti? Yeah, and, you know, Micah put it best. Um, he said that you know you kind of forget that Dan Quinn is like there as a coach when you're sitting and talking to him. So like when he's sitting on the sidelines talking to these guys, he's kind of giving them that you know the interview in a way, um, like, can I coach these guys up? Will that style work with us? Like, like if you see their benefit, like outweigh, like what others think of them in some way, that's like, that's where you can kind of, you know, see if you do want to move up or if like, if you get lucky enough, if they like drop down, that's just, that's the fun of the draft. I think. I keep seeing this. The draft is a lottery. It really is not like everyone talks about the first rounds and stuff like that. It's like, what about the guys in the thirds, the fourths, the fifths? That like, for example, last year, like we got Jabril Cox, one of the best linebackers were in college football for LSU, and we got him in the fourth rounds. Unfortunately, he picked up an injury and we didn't really get to see his potential. But when you look at his college football film, 
that and what he can actually bring to bring to the table. The guy's a baller. The guy's an absolute baller. But and how many scenarios have we seen where first round draft picks or projected first round draft picks never lived up to expectations? Not to mention any names, but and unfortunately, I must have tackled. I, Mr. Tackle Charlton is one of them. So I hate to mention it, but it's the truth. So we can we can always talk about, yeah, this guy's a first round, this guy should be top 10 or whatever. And that. it's like nothing is ever guaranteed. Never. Never guaranteed. Yeah. And uh, low-key, just I'll mention offhandedly, because, you know, I do believe they were mostly up there to look at those um, – those defensive players, but mm-hmm. um, I'm going to mess up his first name, Jay- Jahan Jahan Dotson is a, um, <clears throat> is a receiver that could, you know, go a little bit later in the first round. And that's someone that they could, you know, be keeping an eye on because obviously they, uh, <laughs> they're going to need a little help over there. Yeah, like if there's some, if the wide, yeah, the, the wide receivers I've been looking at as well, like, I mean, we can talk this in a different show, but um, it wouldn't surprise me if we do pick a wide receiver in the second round or third round. I'd, if we do pick a first round on a wide receiver, it would have to be like some Bucks or um, Olave. It really depends who's left on the board yeah. in that scenario. See if there's if there's no O line, if there's no linebackers worth right. taking, then you pick the best next best player available to fit the position. Uh, and I do generally feel the first pick, our first pick at number twenty four is all going to be based on best player available. Then after that, it's going to be getting player for need and for steam. So, um. It just it's, it's a roll of the dice. We just don't know what the other teams are going to do, and we don't even know how many trades are going to go in the next coming weeks, especially after what's been going on, because it's just this whole past couple of weeks within the NFL has just been absolutely been nothing but chaos. Trades going left, right, and center. Players getting overcompensated with picks left, right, and center. You're just like, what's going on? But reflecting back... For us, and this is, and and I don't know how you feel about it. Really makes me even mad how our Amari Cooper trade went down now. After seeing what Devante Adams went for, mm-hmm. and who was the other wide re- and who was the other wide receiver just went? Oh yeah, um, Tyreek Hill to the Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but I am mad about this. Like. <sighs> You can put salary cap as the main issue, whatever or not, but then I'm sorry, but when you're just getting a more or less a replacement fifth round and a sixth round for compensation, I'm sorry, that's just not good enough. Where when you look at what Tyreek Hill and uh, Devante Adams went for, I'm sorry, that's just not good enough, man. We like we should have got a, a much better deal from that. Yeah, and I completely agree with you. It just like looks more embarrassing by the day. And I just don't I just don't know what the strategy was with you know going out there and saying to everybody, we're gonna release these people or we don't want him on our team anymore. Like what what kind of trade value does that give you? 
Not much. It will it, it, devalue it substantially for sure. You didn't get anything for Lyell. You had to release him because you kept talking about how you were going to release him. So they're like, why would I trade you anything for him? What's yeah, the point? That, yeah, I know. I know people were like, well, you're going to release the early, So why should I trade? Why should, I'll keep my picks. Thank you very much. You know? <laughs> and he, they openly said things about wanting to get rid of Cooper. Like you can shop around for trades without just openly being like, I don't want him on my team anymore. I'll kind of take whatever at this point. That's the way it yeah, be at least comes off. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like be discreet about it. Talk to the team saying, Would you be interested uh giving me your first round for Amari Cooper? If they say no, then cool, no problem. And if any team was to come back and say, why are you trying to get rid of Amari Cooper? It's like, no, we're not trying to get rid of him. We're just, we're looking at other options. Right. That's it. That's all you had to say. You don't have to be blunt and say, nah, we don't want him anymore. They were like, okay, if you don't want him anymore, then well, we'll just, we're not giving you a first round. We'll give you a sixth round then if you right. really want rid of him. Oh, but anyhow. Yeah. But, like I said, it just comes. It just comes to show how crazy this whole couple of weeks again uh, is. It's just transpired, not just for the Cowboys, but just in the NFL in general. It's just went beyond madness. Like it's it, it, it probably has fried my brain, and the season's not even started yet. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely uh, it's irritating. Something new every day to you know worry about. So, <laughs> but yeah, um, you know things that irritate us. Uh, I think you had a take on Sir uh, Sam Williams from Ole Miss. <laughs> yeah, like right, so I need to clarify this. So I do not have any dislike to Sam Williams. I was just simply pointing out the flaws of Sam Williams. Yeah, he's raw. Yeah, he has great stats, but you can never draft a player based on stats because if you draft a player only purely because of stats and then you might put him into the wrong scheme, the wrong fit of a team, you might not get the same production and you might end up being a failure. So you can't use that as a reason for drafting someone. So what I said was after watching his game footage and watching more specifically the Pro Bowl footage, uh, though, as Pro Day, where I was working with Dan Quinn. And my first comment was, he's too upright. And and his lateral speed from changing from one side to the other seemed a bit like lost and slow. But if you're going up against a pro guard or a pro tackle, they're going to eat you up for breakfast. And people said, oh, you're being too harsh. It's like, oh, you don't know anything about football. I'm like, well, I do. I played football for five years and I used to coach it. So I know what I'm talking about. So I got a little bit uh, spitty at the end, but uh, yeah, but I I was just basically trying to say Sam Williams is just raw and some people just didn't take it that uh, way of saying it and people were calling me uneducated. So, but hey. Everyone's entitled to their opinion, fair, f- whatever, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, for those that don't know too much about Sam Williams, um, you know, he's an edge rusher from Ole Miss. Um, he, he's someone that benefited from being able to come back for one last season, um, you know, with that, the COVID eligibility freeze and stuff like that. Um, so, I mean, he, his stock improved substantially. Uh, he does have some funky, you know, background stuff. Um, yeah. Since the charges were dropped, I won't dwell on that much, but it's one of those things where you really do have to trust your coaches and trust the people evaluating, you know, um, people for your team. And it's not just stats. You're correct. It's, there's so much more to it. Um, so, yeah. I mean, if you are if you are based looking this on paper, like it's twenty twenty season, yeah, like it, it again, he could have missed out games. I'm just trying to look to see if he actually missed any games actually, but um, it doesn't seem to be. But twenty nineteen had six sacks, twenty twenty had four, but last last season just they had twelve and a half with four forced fumbles and mm-hmm. a from one fumble recovery. And a total of 31 solo tackles and 26 assists. I mean, it's a decent statistic, but it's like I said, you can't use that for any like, and my main point is people are saying, oh, Agent Hutchinson has similar statistics. This is well, because Agent Hutchinson has better technique, he's more technically sound, he has better get-off speed potentially, okay. he might have better football IQ, he might be more easily coachable. These were the points I was trying to make. And and I was trying to make to say, make an point saying there could be players that are going in the sixth and seventh round, maybe even even start better, better stats. And there's a reason why they're in the sixth and seventh round. So again, it kind of goes into full circle why I kind of said XYZ are the reasons why. And some people just didn't like that response, unfortunately. So Hey, that's fair to each their own, but I I think you yeah. I think you definitely clarified your stance there, and I you know I'm with you. So, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I hope we gave you some names to keep an eye out for um, as we head towards as we barrel towards the draft. It's coming so fast. Um, I've got my partly. eyes on. <laughs> I'm watching you, special teams, and Raina Stewart. I'm watching you. Um, but otherwise, um, Paul, tell the people where to find you, where they can watch your um, Twitter rants and watch you talk Cowboys um, <laughs> other times. If <laughs> um, you follow me on I am Peace on Twitter, that's where I mostly run on, but you can also <laughs> get me on the same handle on Instagram for cute pictures of my dog and anything Cowboys related. So, um, yeah, I, I am peace too. Perfect. And uh, do you have any fun shows coming up with the UK Cowboys this week? Um, I Mike did tell me that we had a couple of special guests coming on soon. I can't remember at the top of my head who, but as the draft gets leading up closer to the closer, we do have some special guests coming up. So um, I'll need to give you a wee vein check about that, but I will post that out uh, uh, on Twitter and confirm that with Mike and Brian and all the guys from the UK Cowboys as well. 
Perfect. Are you guys going to do 24 hours of coverage this time? No, no, no <laughs> chance. I, we're, we're, we're not doing 24 hours again. Are you kidding me? Like, I was so sleep deprived after that. Like, I'm just glad we're just doing the actual draft three nights in a row. Like, we're, we're just covering yeah. the draft. So we, we're so we've got a routine. So that's <laughs> that's that's good enough for me but if we were to try and even try attempt to do 24 hour again i nah i just it would mentally kill my brain it really would (laughs) well we don't need any of that but y'all go follow uh paul over at imp stew you can find me at meg murray with four r's on um, twitter and instagram and we will find you guys back here next sunday see you later guys What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.